From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. For most people, the start of the COVID pandemic across the world was a time of less face-to-face socialisation. Public health orders in most states and territories meant parties, music festivals and other large gatherings were either cancelled or limited. But, interestingly, the number of deaths from familiar party drugs such as cocaine, GHB and ecstasy hit a 10-year high last year. This episode, we welcome back to the Medical Republic reporter Holly Payne to talk about why drug use increased during 2020 and how the diversity of drug use in Australia has shifted. Hi, Holly. It's good to be back, Francine. So, Holly, many people might be surprised to hear that drug usage in certain classes of drugs actually went up in 2020, despite many public health orders throughout the year to stay at home. What does the data tell us? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, despite a lack of parties, music festivals and social events, all kind of places which we would typically associate with drug use, deaths from cocaine, GHB and ecstasy hit a 10-year high in 2020. But almost just as weird was the fact that deaths from drugs like methamphetamine and heroin, ones which you would, I guess, more typically associate with non-party situation use, they remained stable. And the data that we have at the moment is just from Victoria. We have um, recent data from the Coroner's Court of Victoria covering overdose deaths in 2020. And so what that showed was that while the overall number of drug overdose deaths didn't increase during the pandemic, the diversity of the drugs involved did shift. So there were 516 drug overdoses in 2019, and that compared to 526 in 2020. So that's really a negligible rise. And opinions have been split on whether illegal drug use would go down during the pandemic or be exacerbated further by poor mental health. But it's interesting in that you say that the drug use that we would normally associate with people, say, engaging in that drug use by themselves or at home more antisocially didn't see a great increase and it was say those party drugs that we saw the increase in but when you say that there's a diversity in the drugs and that it shifted what specifically are experts concerned about? Yeah so researchers say the drugs to watch especially in 2021 are novel psychoactive substances and so these aren't one type of drug that it's just new drugs in general so drugs which people just haven't, haven't seen before, um, sometimes they'll appear in a spate of overdoses for a few months and then they'll disappear forever. Sometimes it's just a few weeks. And in 2020, the new drugs which caused the most deaths were pretty much all new types of benzodiazepines, followed by new types of empathogens like butylone and ethylone. And there was this huge rise in deaths from new drugs. So in 2018, there were just eight deaths involving new types of drugs. And then in 2019, there were 17 deaths. But last year, there were 33 deaths. And that's a pretty big rise. And that's what's got researchers really worried. So while we're not seeing gigantic numbers yet, we are seeing very big leaps in harm coming from these, I guess, new, never before seen novel drugs. So new drugs are always coming along, but 
Why are they more important now than last year? Yeah, so basically there's concern that part of the reason for the rise last year was that the illegal drug supply chains were interrupted. So Dr. Monica Barrett, she's a researcher with both RMIT and the National Drug and Alcohol Research Center, told me that she believed the wider variety of drugs could be linked to supply chain interruptions. So obviously there are some drugs which are basically all illegally smuggled into Australia via international borders, you know, think heroin, cocaine. And it wasn't really known how our borders being closed was going to change that. So what I understood from Dr. Barrett is that more of these new drugs were being used to substitute for the real thing while supply chains were temporarily interrupted. Or in some cases, new drugs were being mixed in with, I guess, the real thing, quote unquote, to help stretch supplies. So obviously, we just have this data from Victoria at the moment, and we're waiting to get the whole picture from the rest of the country. I think it's going to be particularly interesting to see what happened in Western Australia, given it was so isolated even from the rest of the country. And from what I understand, their hard borders actually created a methamphetamine drought for a number of weeks. So it's going to be very interesting seeing whether overdose deaths reflect that. So just to paint a little bit more of a picture, with these border closures and the inability for some illegal drugs to enter the market, was it that some illegal drugs that were already here were being cut or replaced with other over-the-counter or prescription medications? So that is the way I understand it. So there were some instances where people were just taking a completely made-up new drug entirely, if that makes sense. Um, And then that creates a higher risk of overdose because people are unaware of the dosage or effects of the substitute drug. So Dr. Barrett described a series of non-fatal overdoses which occurred during Melbourne's second wave. Um, She said that in September and October last year, there was a novel opioid that was really obscure and it was like no one had ever really seen it before and it popped up a few times in overdoses in Victoria and was found um, when people were doing, when doctors were doing bloods um, on overdose patients in hospitals and as well as some etizolam, which is this unusual type of illicit benzodiazepine. So we know from other surveys and data sources that people are largely unaware that they've taken a new drug when they do. And that very much hints, at least to me, that it's the supply chain which is driving the creation of new drugs rather than consumer demand for designer drugs, if that makes sense. So just to confirm, we had these border closures which were crippling the arrival of illicit mainstream substances from abroad, but in their place we saw black market drugs start to use these unusual replacements, such as these off-market opioids. Do we know how these substances were coming into Australia and why the shift now? So... It's been pretty hard to gauge when researchers have just one piece of the puzzle. And, you know, in this case, it's the deaths caused by overdoses in Victoria. But it does seem that perhaps locally available drugs were being manufactured. It's really hard to say with the data that we currently have, but I'm sure more will come out in the future. But we do know that something like this has happened before. So 
Afghanistan is one country where opium poppies grow really, really well. And Dr. Barrett was telling me that in the early 2000s, when Afghanistan was thrown into massive upheaval, there was a strange knock-on effect, which, along with a few other factors, essentially saw a heroin drought in Australia. And, you know, the illicit drug market works pretty much like any other. So when supply fell, heroin price increased, purity decreased, and the fall in heroin overdoses was offset by an increase in cocaine usage. And that's kind of similar to something we saw last year. So we saw GHB-related deaths go from 7 in 2019 to 18 in 2020. And that's just in Victoria. It's a pretty large jump. And there were some anecdotal reports that because of the changes in access to other drugs, there were people using GHB that maybe weren't using it before. And it's a drug with a very low threshold between using it and overdosing on it, which could have been part of the reason why we saw that rise in deaths. So again, it's that issue of supply chain disruption and we're seeing lots of substitution. Okay, so how about we take a look at MDMA and cocaine? They both hit 10-year overdose highs in this report, isn't that right? Yeah, so that was really interesting because obviously MDMA and cocaine are definitely more associated with the uh, party scene than um, the bedroom, (laughs) Um, as everyone was locked in last year. So we know from other surveys done Australia-wide, you know, we have um, wastewater detection systems, and those basically showed that there was not necessarily a bunch more people actually using these drugs yet we have this increase in deaths. So instead of substitution being the reason for that rise, Dr. Barrett said she believed the increase in mortality could be due to the setting in which people were using the drugs. You know, when you're using a substance at home, there aren't as many people around, presumably, and there's more of that potential risk for, you know, if you collapse, no one might see at least, you know, at a music festival, there are people around who are watching for that sort of thing. And there are people who can say, hey, there's something going on there. We're going to have to get that person some help. And, you know, unless you're living in a very, very big house, that's just not that's just not happening at home. And there's probably other external factors at play there, such as, you know, when people are out at parties or music festivals, they generally may only carry a certain amount of product on them. Uh, and that means that maybe when you're sitting at home doing nothing and you're very bored, the temptation to overdose is quite easy to do, especially if you don't have any external factors that might, you know, monitor or give you a cue to stop, basically. Yeah, that's very true. I hadn't thought about that angle. I did want to mention, though, another key finding from the Victorian Coroner's Court report was that there was a 10-year low in methadone-related deaths, there were just 65 in 2020. And were methadone services affected by lockdown and border closures over the last two years? Absolutely. I mean, we know that pharmacies have been one of the most frequent um, contact sites um, for people with COVID-19, especially during the second wave in Victoria. So in an effort to reduce foot traffic, pharmacies were allowed to dispense more takeaway doses of methadone on for people on opioid replacement therapy. So where they might have only been allowed to do two unsupervised doses per week and had to come in to the pharmacy for the other three, 
they could now get a few more to take at home. And what was really interesting, um, I spoke to Dr. Matthew Dunn. He's a substance use researcher at Deakin University. And he said that the lower number of deaths, despite, you know, more access to the drug, kind of speaks to the motives behind addiction recovery. You know, it demonstrates that people who are on opioid substitution treatment are there for a reason and they really don't want the chaotic lifestyle that can come from being dependent on opioids. It was also theorised that perhaps the fact that there were less social gatherings, less less people being out in general, could have meant that there were less opportunities for diversion. Um, that was a factor that Monica Barrett mentioned. But yeah, overall, Dr. Dunn said that people are on these methadone treatments for a reason. It shows that people can have good compliance unsupervised and giving people takeaway doses can allow them to live perhaps a more stable and meaningful life, which might in itself reduce diversion. Holly, thank you for your time. Thanks, Francine. Before we go, don't forget that you can follow or subscribe to The Tea Room right now by searching for the show on the podcast player of your choice. You'll then be notified when a new episode becomes available. Catch you next time.